Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is Texas. It ain't bragging if it's true with Jason Julietti. How you doing there, Jason? Great, great. Thanks for having me. Yep, yep. So just to give you guys a little bit of background, a number of years ago, I wrote an article and it was called Five Reasons You Should Care About the Texas Triangle. And I was always kind of like, oh, I'd love to do something on the podcast about Texas because I, I was absolutely blown away when I started doing this article years ago. And so I was kind of scanning around who lives in Texas that I know. And then uh, not so long ago, somebody introduced me to Jason. I was like, this is the guy, this is the Texas guy we need to talk to. So, (laughs) so I'm hoping you can walk us through this. And again, I I love this topic. So Jason, please introduce yourself in your company. And I know where you're at, you're in Texas, but introduce where you're living at. Sure. Uh, again, Jason Giulietti with the Greater San Marcos Partnership. Uh, we're a public-private economic development organization uh, nestled right in between San Antonio and Austin. And that is where San Marcos is, right? We are right there in between those two great cities, yes. Very nice, very nice. So tell us a little bit about you, Jason. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? And give us some career highlights before you join the Greater San Marcos Partnership. Sure. So I feel like I represent a lot of Texas because I'm from somewhere else right now. So I originally uh, born and raised in Connecticut. I still had my school there. I did undergrad and graduate school at the University of Connecticut, go Huskies. And uh, with that, started my career in economic development, working uh, in business advocacy, really getting to understand and know the business community over time. Wait, what what is economic development? So economic development really is that nexus between the public sector and private sector. And how do we make sure that both interests sort of come together to bring jobs and job creation to a community? So that, that's kind of that nexus of where I spent my time. Did it on behalf of a major university, then moved and worked on behalf of our governor, helping bring us into international markets and attract companies to the United States via Connecticut. And then ultimately, a couple of years back, was down in Texas on a business trip. And during that trip, uh, I kind of was tagging along with the family when we go somewhere we've never been before, adding a weekend onto a business trip. And sure enough, we came down and did this trip from Austin to San Antonio and said, this is a really unique place. It's growing. It looks great. It's beautiful. Both my wife and I are from Connecticut, so we never thought about leaving. But sure enough, a phone rang from a recruiter nine months later about this community, San Marcos, Texas. And I, I told my wife, I'm like, do you remember that community we stopped at, that, that place in between those two cities? <laughs> And sure enough, you know, we took the plunge and uh, coming down here has been one of the best decisions ever. I tell folks in Texas, you know, we got here as fast as we could because it just feels so like home. And and it's amazing to be down here right now, especially in what is really the epicenter of economic development in the country. This region of the United States is just on fire in every way possible. Very nice. Very nice. Man, like a long time ago, I got some recruiter called me just the same thing. And he said, Hey, would you um would you be interested in a job in in Graz, Austria? You'd be perfect, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, What? He goes, Graz. So I go, how do you spell that? He's like, G-R-A-Z. I was like, this is kind of we had internet, but it wasn't like, you know, you couldn't find everything. And I was like, Graz, Austria. And it's funny because I remember going to the office and saying, Oh, this some recruiter keeps calling me about going to Graz, Austria. And then maybe 10 years later, I had to go to Graz for business. And I was like, 
oh my God, this is like the most perfect place. I love it here. <laughs> I was like, I was offered a job and I laughed about it like it was stupid because that's how I am. It's, it's just funny how <laughs> things work out. It is it is amazing, no, no doubt. Yeah, and I remember coming back and showing my wife, I said, this is Graz. It's like a little storybook town. A lot of automotives there. And she's like, Great, we could have lived there. I was like, yeah, it would have been it would have been a nice few years. I wouldn't stay, but I'm an American. But anyway, so today's topic is <laughs> it ain't bragging if it's true. We all keep hearing about Texas and uh, how well it's done. And I wanted to talk about you know some of the reasons Texas has done so well. And I want to talk also about the Texas Triangle. So years ago, I wrote this article on the Texas Triangle and. And I want to walk through this with you, Jason. So let's talk about some of the reasons that, well, let's give us just some facts. Let's talk about how big that damn Texas Triangle, just just tell us what the Texas Triangle is and how damn big it is. Sure. Yeah. No, the Texas Triangle is something that that I know we talk a lot about down here as well, but it's the connection point between Houston, San Antonio, and up into the Dallas-Fort Worth space. And, And really what that is, is just a mecca of major companies that are locating and expanding and growing and really the hub of our economy here in Texas. It represents a significant portion of the state of Texas. That region itself is larger in population than 46 states in the United States. Right. And it's only growing faster every right. day. <laughs> so so it is a triangle. So you got Dallas at the top. That's right. That's right. And then and then you go down to Houston. Which is kind of which is a port or close to a port, right? That's right, correct. That is coastline. And then you go over to San Antonio, and Austin is what an hour from San Antonio. And then Austin is a San just north to San up north uh, north of in between San Antonio and Dallas Fort Worth. You sit right in Austin, and then in between there, San Marcos. So it's funny because I've always just said San Antonio. Austin is the the bottom of that triangle, and it's funny because when I wrote this article, I said when you're when you're Texas, you get four points for your triangle. <laughs> but it's Dallas, Fort Worth at the top, Houston, kind of on the port side, which is uh to the east, right? The east, that's right. And then and then on the and then you get South Texas, San Antonio, San, right? San Antonio, there. Austin, and soon to be San Marcos will be mentioned that same breath. And what's interesting that. That is the Texas Triangle. I was telling Jason, when somebody said Texas Triangle to me years ago before I wrote this article, I said, oh, great. I thought it was going to be some sort of line dancing thing. And I was like, okay, here we go. And then I thought, well, it could be a cowboy thing. I'd like to hear about that if it's a cowboy thing for sure. And and it could just as easily have been a football thing, like a football formation, the Texas Triangle. But it turns out it's this thing. And I know they also, what do they call it? The t- Terraplex, which yep. is a bad name. Um, yeah, it's like a movie theater. It's right. It's, yeah. it's, it's one of those <laughs> yeah. that, that may or you may are, not exist anymore. <laughs> talk to your economic development friends and say, we are not going to ever go with Terraplex. So anyway, <laughs> what's interesting to me, Jason, is that triangle represents, it's bigger than 46 states population-wise, but it's only 25% of Texas land. So it's a, it's a, the small part of Texas is bigger than 46 states, which is just shocking. Yeah, well, you have the hubs, right? You're moving product from Mexico straight through up in, in, in into central Texas and then throughout the rest of the country. It goes everywhere. That port of Houston is one of the most leveraged ports in the country. So you're right. getting product overseas coming there. You have product coming through the border up north, all centering on these fast-growing cities that, that just have such strongholds. 
Right. And how far how far from D- Dallas, Fort Worth, down to Houston? Down to Houston, you're probably talking a good six, eight hours, somewhere in that space, because that one, you're, you're talking how a far, good run. How far to go from uh, Houston over to San Antonio and Austin area? That's about three hours. So it's about and then three back hours. up and back up to the top another six to eight hours. And that's a, that's a big area. damn triangle. It is, it is. But you got so much happening in between that space and every product and person moving around pretty frequently here these days. Right. So, so the first point I think is this Texas triangle is massive. Again, bigger than forty six states and still growing. Those are some of the. I mean, you look at San Marcos area where you're where, you, where you're at. That's one of the fastest growing areas of the fastest growing state. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So Hayes County, the county that sits just to the south of Austin and in between San, uh, north of San Antonio, is the fastest growing county in the country. It is. We have one community that we joked 10 years ago celebrated their first traffic light and 9,000 residents. Today, they will be close to 70,000 residents right. and have about 3 million square feet of brand new logistics space to move right. people and product through. Right. That's crazy. But, you know, I think the second point I, that I would like to talk about is Texas is massive. This Texas triangle is massive, but there's so much room to grow. The uh, area outside the triangle is 75% of Texas. But what's also crazy to me is right now, I, I, my, my article is probably a little out of date. I'll still put a link to it. But 12 of the top 100 cities in America. And I'm just looking at this again, a few years out of date. Houston, 2.2 million. San Antonio, 1.5, probably more than that now. Dallas, 1.3. Austin, which again, you could kind of glom a little bit with San Antonio, is over a million now. Texas, Fort Worth, which again, you always just, Texas, Fort Worth just gets, or is, uh, I should say, Dallas, Fort Worth. We just kind of put on the back of Fort Worth, but I think it's a million people by itself. That's right. That's right. That's right. El Paso, which just sounds like, to me, Watching old cowboy movies, El Paso just seems like that little, like it's a little town, probably some gunfights <laughs> going on. It's got like 700,000 people. They are booming. That's right. That's right. That's on And the it's on the border. <laughs> it's on right. the border. Yeah. Then Arlington, 400,000. Corpus Christi, <laughs> Corpus Christi, 325,000. Plano, Texas. Again, that just seems like maybe a desert to me. I, I mean, again, I don't mean this. I don't mean this at all as insulting. My actually, my son-in-law was just there on business. Two hundred eighty-seven, probably three hundred thousand down there. That's right. That's Laredo, right. which we talk about on this podcast, I was just down in Laredo. That's two hundred fifty thousand. Lubbock, two hundred fifty thousand. Garland, which I never heard of, <laughs> two hundred fifty thousand. It's just incredible that you have that twelve cities out of the top one hundred biggest cities in America, and I don't get the sense that any of this is crowded either. It is not. It is not. That's the thing. You can still look around and see plenty of green fields to grow and expand businesses. And there's plenty of places for people to go. It's continuing. And some of those communities, like you said, Plano is outside Dallas-Fort Worth space there, but growing insane. It is just right. every community. I know a lot to. of financial services have moved to that. Yes. Yep. Companies are seeing the advantages of locating out in Texas. I mean, there's just so many reasons why it makes sense. And their people are there. End of the day. And the young people want see the, see the value and opportunity to, for a quality of life. That is a lot less than maybe where they are now and then can also find jobs and plenty of them. I think being able to kind of move through the system and want elevation and opportunity, Texas offers it because you have so many businesses coming down here. Right. So that brings us to the third point here, which is Texas is business friendly and it's warm and affordable. Now, you're from Connecticut, so you know it's warm there. 
Yeah. Um, there's other people. I've had friends from Texas go, oh, no, we have winter. No, come on, please don't do that to yourself. <laughs> you don't really have winter. <laughs> no, I will, I will take it all day. We had a, we had one little snowmageddon that, that freaked people out with a couple inches of snow here this year, which was the first time in 40 years it's happened. So it, uh, it was a little something. But end of the day, yeah, no, the climate is beautiful. I mean, you got 90s most of the year, and then the rest of the year you're in the 50s, 60s, or 70s. How can you go Which wrong? is more for me. I See, 90s, that's too hot for me. I'm, you see I have my pale face. Well, those watching video go, oh, yeah, that guy can't go in the sun. My ancestors lived in the shade somewhere, in a cave perhaps. <laughs> Not no, not built for Texas for summers. <laughs> well, you know, the climate, one thing, but I think the warm in a sense that they are an incredibly welcoming state as well. I mean, I just have not met a more friendly, more authentic person that, than anybody I've met in Texas. It is right. It is just a destination for people that want that that type of environment, uh, especially right. coming from the East Coast, right? Different right. world. <laughs> so so we talk about the, the weather. It's nice. So people want to locate there just to get out. If, you, if, you're from, if you're from the Midwest or if you're from the Northeast like you, the weather has some advantages. So you lose badly in summertime. It's way too, way too hot in Texas in the summer. <laughs> but you can still go out at night. You can still go out and about. I mean, 100%. I guess you get used to it. But you win the winter. <laughs> you win the winter big. <laughs> so there's that trade-off. But in addition, people are moving there because it's business friendly. I mean, it's really business friendly. And, That's right. And I think that, you know, you get the sense that, hey, there's opportunity that, you know, that a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, the, the factories that used to be here closed and we were, you know, I don't know. I don't think that the Rust Belt is such a thing anymore because we, we, we've all built back up. But there's still a sense of optimism that, hey, things are still booming down here. And it's not, I would also say this, it's not growing just in cheap jobs. It's That's not, right. hey, That's go right. down. Go down to Texas and have some crap job. Nope. <laughs> that's no, that's not what's right. happening down there. Good jobs are moving down there. And business are moving there. And, and I think the big places that are moving there are from New York, Illinois, California, Michigan. I know we have some that go down there. Oklahoma, Louisiana, those for sure. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people moving there that way just because of the, uh, the opportunity, but also it's just very business friendly. I mean, uh, I know, uh, a number of big financial companies moving out of California because they say, hey, there's just more money. You can do business a lot easier in, in Texas and not be taxed. And uh, and and I think there, I think there's also kind of people moving some of well, we'll get into this in a minute, but there's we also know that tech is moving down to Texas. That's that's and you have a perfect blend of kind of what I see in a lot of when I talk to my neighbors and colleagues around the around the region here is there's economic refugees, right? And they're in environments that are very tough in other parts of the country. And when you do come down here and get a taste of the quality of life that you I mean the opportunity to recreate year round, be outside year round, enjoy that, have affordability, right? Be able to come in here and afford a home and raise your family. The school systems are amazing. I think there's just perceptions, right? People think, I think my family personally still thinks that when you get to the airport and arrive, there's going to be a horse waiting for you. It is, it's perception, right? right? Versus reality. It's a right. growing metropolis. Right. You, you you can use Uber or Lyft or get a horse. You can That's do right. anything you want. <laughs> uh, it is just, yeah. It or is take a stagecoach. It doesn't matter. You're in That's Texas, right. go ahead and do right. it. That's right. It's a little puppy, but it's good. Uh, it's just, it's one of those destinations right now that people are seeing and flocking to. And I think it's also a destination for young folks. And that, that can't go uh, unsaid because of how important that is to labor and feud and workforce, right? If you, if you have that blend, 
we seem to have the complement of all ages and having that has just provided opportunity. And then as businesses keep coming here, like you said, it is increasing opportunity, meaning increase in wages, increase in position. All of that is a destination for folks of all ages to, to advance their careers. And, and that's what's happening. Right. It's, I get the sense that I just was talking to one of the guys from Freight Waves, uh, Brad, and, um, you know, they're in Tennessee and he's from Michigan. So he's down there down in Chattanooga. And you look at some of these areas that traditionally you look at kind of go, oh, it's in the, it's in the South. And uh, they didn't have the big boom in uh, manufacturing that we had up here. And as a result, they didn't also get very successful on something that's kind of moving away. There's less manufacturing work worldwide, not just here. And I, and I think in a lot of ways, it's just a fresh perspective on things. So yeah, not, not a bad thing to have. It is just the right time too, right? So the innovation that's happening and all the great things that manufacturing was and now is becoming is, is needing a new home. They're, they're, they're recognizing they need a right balance of, of labor, location, you know, strategic location to move it around. And this is the center of the United States seems to be that, that best location. Right. And so the next point I want to talk about is the U.S.-Mexico trade. Mexico, I think, is depending on when you think about who we trade with the most, it's China, Mexico, Canada. And depending, depending, you know, there's different uh, dynamics there, whether it's coming or going. But we have a very busy border with Mexico. And this is right outside the Texas Triangle down. We're talking, I think, the number number one place for crossing uh, for freight is Laredo. I think uh, number two is El Paso. And then I think Houston is five, which is a port. Port, right. That's right. So one, two, and five. That's <laughs> that's crazy. And they're, they're not the only ones. There's McAllen. There's a lot of other border crossing, I know. But uh, it's unbelievable. I was down in Laredo a lot uh, pre-COVID. It feels like 100 years ago. I was in Laredo a lot. And uh, I really liked it. I really enjoyed my time there. And it's funny because... First off, the food's phenomenal down there. Uh, there was a lot going on. But what's also crazy to me is when you're talking about doing business with Mexico, we'd go to meetings and somebody would say that the meetings would begin in Spanish. And I was, and then they go, oh, some of the guys don't speak Spanish. Can we speak in English? And I was like, oh, boy. I felt like, oh, boy, I'm a fuddy-duddy. And, and I was trying to explain. When I was a kid here in Michigan, we learned French in school. <laughs> Trust me, I took Italian up in up in Connecticut. Right, right, so it's a very different right. world. And then some kids would take German, and and nothing wrong with learning Ita- uh, German or Italian, or but we're right on the damn border. But in the seventies and eighties, we didn't do a ton of business with Mexico, so it was not it was not the strategic partner that it is now. So you look at one more advantage for Texas is the cross border is incredible, and I'll tell you guys, you're not going to see better warehousing and fulfillment anywhere in the world than when that crosses the border. Man, it's like a well-oiled machine. It, it's I, I think I toured like 10, 10 warehouses down there. Very impressive. Very impressive. It is. It is strengthening. So I just had a meeting with some of the province leaders and governors on the border into, into Texas, all the way up to where we are, which is a couple hours to the north talking about strengthening these relationships. So we're they're very proactive, as is the state and the regions, on making sure that this continues to be what you said, a well-oiled machine. So know that on the business side, we're, we're, from the economic development standpoint, ensuring that these relationships go seamlessly through Mexico because it is such an important driver, as you're talking about. Right. Yeah, and, I, and when we were prepping, I've always had this, this thought in my head that someday we're going to have a, a super highway that starts somewhere in Mexico and go straight, straight, uh, uh, probably Laredo, but maybe not. Maybe it's a new, 
right straight to Canada. And it makes sense to me. And of course, of course, Texas would probably have 10 big cities surrounding it. <laughs> for 10 we'll be brand able to get out cities. of the state. <laughs> right. Good. But it's, it's interesting to me that we have this, there's a lot of stuff that is uh, coming over that border, going back and forth. And it's just, you know, and I, my, my feeling, I say this all the time on my podcast, if goods don't cross borders, armies will. So we need to keep these, these strategic partnerships. And I, I've spent a lot of time in Mexico in recent years. I love it. I love that trade. And, you know, I know it, anytime you hear about U.S. Mexico, all you think is the, the immigrant pro- problem. Right. Right. But those are largely, I don't think, aren't even Mexicans at this point. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, lots of nice places to live over there. So anyway, the number four thing I want to get is just this, this cross border is just, it's invaluable and getting more valuable. So, so the last thing we wanted to talk about was the innovation corridor. So tell us about the innovation corridor. What, what area is that? What is it doing? Yeah, no doubt. Thank you. And and one of the things that we found a couple of years ago is that we had incredible patent activity happening in the region between Austin and San Antonio, though literally nine times more patent utility happening between the region than the, than the United States average and 11 times more that of Texas. So we were like, what's in the water? Because something's going on related to patent. Wait, say, say, that, say that again. Those are, so those. nine times more patents happening here in uh, the region in between Austin and San Antonio than the uh, United States average, and then 11 times more patent activity than that of Texas. So it is a lot going on. And what we found was innovation is happening. We have a university, yes, but they're not a tier one research university. So they're not in the business of generating patents. University of Texas is not Nope. It's a Texas, Texas State University. So fourth largest university in Texas sits in San Marcos, Texas. Tremendous university, really one of the leaders in, in innovation, but they're not in the business of generating patents like a like a UT would be. Are they division Division One football? They are Division One football, although they're at the bottom of the bracket, but they're working their way up, right? They're getting their way up the line. But we found that data point, and then started to find the type of companies that were investing in the region were industry disruptors, folks that were in the innovation space, truly changing what their industry is. And through that, they started to call this region home. So we started to say, we need to brand this region for something. Texas Innovation Corridor was born. And it is now something that nationally and internationally, folks are starting to realize this is where innovation is happening in the country. It's great that it happened in Silicon Valley. It's great that it happened at Research Triangle. We are the next epicenter for innovation. And that's kind of where we are. Wait a sec. I already did a podcast called uh, Chattanooga is the Silicon Valley of Trucking. And what's interesting is Craig Fuller talked about this is the idea that, you know, the first, first kind of the beginnings of uh, tech was Silicon Valley, but it is spreading out and, and it, it's going to be a lot of different places. And we're going to see places like Chattanooga. It makes sense that the, fr- that the freight tech grows up there sure. and it's not just there, but it's one of the hubs. And there's no reason it all has to stay in Silicon Valley. It's, it's gotten pretty expensive there. And uh, look, California, I, I love California. Who doesn't? You go there, it's beautiful. beautiful yep. But they do have some challenges with they. They really are expensive to do business there right now. If you're in San Francisco or Silicon Valley, it's. I worked for a Silicon Valley company. Kind of an issue when we when I worked there because I remember people said, uh, "Look how you guys live. You're making more money than us." I was like, "It just goes further here." <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "You guys live on lakes. It's nice there. You know, like big houses. We live in." We live in, in apartments, little shacks. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you're in Silicon Valley. 
So that's where we take full advantage, right? We go out to California, talk to companies, and that's fine. Let them cut their teeth and grow out in Silicon Valley. But when they're ready to pop and really need that location, that's where we're like, look, Texas is all the more reason to come down. You're affordable. Your investors will much more appreciate the price point for that warehouse or facility. uh, And you'll have an amazing quality of life for your leadership and you'll find talent. Yeah, it's interesting. There was a a venture capital guy and he spoke at University of Michigan, not too far from my house. And uh, I remember he started his... uh, speech by saying, hey, it's really a pleasure to speak at the university that I got kicked out of. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And uh, he made the point, stop coming to Silicon Valley. He goes, not that there's anything wrong with it. He says, but when you look at the kids leaving Indianapolis and Ann Arbor and Pittsburgh and Oklahoma to go to Silicon Valley to start companies, there's not necessarily a reason you have to be there. And some of the VCs are saying, hey, look, I spend a lot of money, but basically, where's my money going? Is it going towards innovation or is it going towards rent? (laughs) Both the rent for the guys who live there and also for our office rent. That's right. hundred percent. That's exactly right. And that's been our huge advantage is having right the the capital starting to locate or see the value and being around other spaces of growth. And this region has been an epicenter for it. So not only was there developing that product as they scale, right, to be able to move that product where they want. This is an ideal location in the center of the United States because you can kind of branch off and go either coast right. really easily. So this is this is define that region for me again the the innovation corridor. So the innovation corridor we uh, truly is probably much bigger than even we're defining it, but we call it the region between Austin and San Antonio. But in 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 the end of the day, it's more like you know probably looking at that Dallas space all the way down to Laredo is probably right. truly what the corridor can and will be right now. That's our spot. <laughs> I've heard people call it the, the Silicon Hills, too. Is, you guys don't go by that anymore? <laughs> Sil- Silicon Hills is, is Austin's proper, right? Austin proper has crept up. Every tech company you could think of has some some skyscraper with their logo on it. And that's sort of the birthplace, I think, of a lot of the tech, right? People think Austin and tech, and that's great. But what's happening is we're seeing more of the, the innovation happening in the manufacturing sector. And that's who's coming down to us and saying, hey, we need to scale, right? We, we're not going to go build a skyscraper, but we'll build a huge warehouse to go do rare earth minerals, which is one of our companies that's doing rare earth minerals. The only ones in the entire United States doing that is happening in San Marcos, Texas. So it's, it's Silicon Hills still has its place, and that's up in the hills of Austin. But as you come south, that's where you're seeing innovation in manufacturing. Well, you need a snappy title. You need a snappy <laughs> title beyond. And I, the Innovation Corridor is a good starting point, but you need to be able to just come up with some cowboy thing. Come on, that's your job, Jason. <laughs> it is It is just become a destination. It's one of these great things, and the type of companies that are coming down here planting those flags is, is just supporting it every day, which is what's cool about it. Because I don't think people realize it yet. It's still not as common as it needs to be, but it's reverberating throughout the business community. It, it really is. And I think one of the things that's changed, and again, people like myself in my 50s, when Texas kind of started, there was times in the 80s where lots of people from Michigan left. And I remember the thought was always like, yeah, you can move to Texas. Weather's a little nicer in in the winter, but it's low-tech, low-wage jobs. That was always kind of the thought is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You (laughs) you want some crappy little job? Go ahead. You can live for cheap and, and not make any money. That's not 
that, that totally is long the, gone. <laughs> I think that that mindset still exists, honestly, up north. I know I talked to when I when I was announced that I was coming down here, I got that same impression. And I'm like, you, little do you guys know how different it really is. Um, and that's fine, right? They, the association was always with oil and gas, right? That that's what we right. do. We just, it's a bunch of oil fields and, and right, it's, it's low wage jobs. And it, it couldn't be farther from the truth in terms of what's down here. Yeah. By the way, uh, for those who aren't watching the video, Jason is not wearing a ball cap or a cowboy hat. <laughs> so you don't have to do that. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> that's right. That's I do. Right. I, I have to wear a cap because I'm getting a little sparse and it's summertime. The, the hair won't protect the scalp anymore. <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's all good. No, it, this this corridor that you're talking about here, do you already have like is there a lot of supply chain and logistics? So that's what a lot of us we'd listen to. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, there's a there's a lot happening right now. Supply chain and logistics uh, is something that's taken off. Just in the last year, we've had FedEx announce another facility, Lowell's announced another facility. Amazon has now more than just just shy of four million square feet in one of our counties alone under roof. So it, it continues to push in that direction. We're starting to see more on food storage and some of those things moving people and product to the end of where people are located. So more and more, we're seeing that amplify. And and our pipeline of of activity truly is a significant portion of it is in the supply chain logistics space. Right. Well, God, I mean, when you look between two major cities, you know, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's that's a great location. How now how far are you from the Mexico border? So I'm probably about let's see, probably more about four or five hours from the Mexico border. So, so there's still stuff coming from, so you still get that border effect. We still, we still do. We have, we're home to the largest outlet malls in the country, a random little fact, but tons of folks from Mexico, you will see there on, I mean, the language is spoken at that outlet malls. I mean, talk about want to learn a language, just go to the outlet malls and you can learn about five right. different languages at any day pretty easily. But yeah, it is, it is still, there's still plenty of activity that supports the, that trade over the, over the border. Transportation, logistics, warehousing, supply chain services is blowing up. And it is very much, we need still need space. We still move physical stuff, but it is very much a tech business. Yeah, very much so. The idea that we just need space or just need highways where the trucks can pick it up. We're a lot further along than that now. We, we, need, we need a programmer. Tell you, there's two things we need in this business. Always. Engineers and drivers. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. So it is amazing. And that's where Texas State University there's, talking about the work. There's a proliferation doing. of us podcast hosts, but I don't know that they need any more of us. <laughs> <laughs> but the university here is working right now on autonomous driving of semi trucks, right? Like innovative, forward thinking things, because that's the type of stuff we know eventually is going to be part of the equation. Right. So right. that's a lot of what's happening. And, and you're seeing the flags come down here and be planted in electric vehicles and different things now that Texas is now becoming a home for. I mean, the Tesla announcement is just one that we know there'll be more behind it in terms of just those kind of companies coming down and saying, we need to be innovating and then taking advantage of these industries that, that are going to be here forever, right? They're not going to go away. Right. So Jason, I'm going to summarize this. Then I want to, uh, I want to get your final thoughts on the topic. So today's topic is Texas. It ain't bragging if it's true <laughs> with, with my friend, Jason Giulietti. And so when we talk about Texas, again, I, I'm just blown away by that. Number one thing, number one, that Texas triangle, it is bigger than 46 states and it's only 25% of Texas. That's, that's blows me away. It's, it's continuing to grow like a weed over there. So, and then again, there's room to grow clearly. That's uh, and, and I think there's, there's a lot of reason to go to Texas in general and specifically to the area you're talking about, Jason, but it's interesting to me that 
how business friendly it is that I wouldn't be surprised we see other states start to copy because it makes sense. Next thing we're going to talk about on that is how big how big that trade piece is. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on the U.S. Mexico border. That's an interesting story for Texas all by itself, all by not itself. counting right. the rest of the story. And then, last but not least, this this innovation corridor. So, final thoughts. Yeah, no, happy to share. I mean, so our organization, the Greater San Marcos Partnership, is a public-private organization. We work with public and private sector folks to ultimately help businesses identify and find a location to grow and expand their business. That's what we're here to do. That's our bread and butter. Um, so folks that are out there, greatersanmarcostx.com is our website. By all means, please right. reach out to us. We are in this business. We are here to help you navigate that, find you the best location. Is .tx a thing now? .tx, not yet. It, it, it's still .com. We haven't got to the .tx, although Texas is taking over, so you never know. It could be in the not-too-distant future. Right, right. That's crazy. So what I'll do, Jason, I'll put uh, a link to um, your company, your, your organization, and your, right. your LinkedIn profile uh, in the show notes. And awesome. um, t- tell me, who do you guys serve? I mean, when you say this greater San Marcos partnership, who, who do you talk to every day? What do you, and what do you do for them? So, yeah, sure. So we represent the two counties in the Southern part of, of Austin in between San Antonio and Austin. That's kind of our geography, amazing communities from very much suburban Austin through very rural Caldwell County. But what we do every day is talk to business and find solutions for them to find location for them to grow and expand their business in central Texas. So if you're a business around the world, or around the country saying, I need to grow or expand, where do I do that? You talk to folks like myself, and our team is here to do that, to help you find the best location to grow that business, find the workforce, find the building, find the greenfield, whatever that is. So we're talking to companies that are looking to do billions of dollars of investment in one location through somebody that wants 50,000 square feet to go start building or manufacturing a product, a biotech company. It could be several different industries, but that's what we're here to do. We're the experts that handhold you through that process making sure it goes as efficiently as it can and doing whatever we can to make sure that you're successful here short and long-term. Very nice. Very nice. So what I'll do, Jason, I'll put your, your LinkedIn profile Thank you. and your organization. I'll put those all in the show notes and any other links you give me. And uh, <laughs> appreciate it. You guys should definitely consider re- Well, if you're going to go down to Texas, this is definitely worth taking a look. And again, I, it's a fantastic story that's going on down in Texas right now. No, we appreciate the time, Joe. Thank you very much for this time. And, and yeah, we're, we're excited about it. And like we said, all this stuff is just mind-blowing to comprehend and understand. But like you said, it ain't bragging if it's true. So we're excited that, <laughs> that, that we're at the epicenter of, of growth in the United States, honestly, and that we know that we will be for a long time. And, and we welcome folks to, to come experience it. Right. Jason, I, I want to bring this up just because I heard it today. Uh, we were talking about when we were prepping. As I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was interviewing the Austin mayor the other day. On his podcast, and it's kind of interesting because I know Austin had that. Uh, I, I know people were complaining about homelessness, but there's really not very many people homeless compared to other coasts. And I, that, that that's something I learned. But what was interesting <laughs> is the mayor said when I was hired, when I was elected mayor, they were complaining about traffic. And Joe Rogan's like, "I'm from LA. You don't have traffic." And then and then and then in the conversation, I don't know if it's Joe or the mayor said that somebody somebody described Austin's traffic from an LA perspective and said, "Yeah, it's adorable." <laughs> so it's fun. And I guess my the reason I bring that up is that whole region. When I was down in Galveston a few years ago, somebody I took a ninety minute cab, uh, cab ride, and this somebody said. 
oh, I used to love Austin, but it's got so much traffic, blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like, and, and, and I kept thinking, yeah, you know what? There's some big cities. We got real traffic here, fellas. <laughs> yeah, no, it is all perspective. It is fascinating to see the folks that are, that grew up here versus those that came here. Cause it is, it is kind of funny, but, but we're home to highways that you can go 85 miles an hour on and legitimately fly down the highway. So it is a different world for right, sure. Right. That, that's just human nature. All right, Jason. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. This was a fun podcast, dude. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate the time again, Joe. And uh, thank you again for the opportunity. Yep. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support is very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com.